Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston. Across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. We're doing the news today. And Charlie's live on TikTok on his phone. If you're on TikTok, you can only see him right now. That's just me. You can't hear the intro music. We're hanging out also. Don't forget about the Fed Haters Club, who's hanging out on our private Discord chat channel right now and they got there by the way by going to join gml.com it's only seven dollars a month and you get to change the course of human history that's right it's a pretty low price honestly if you ask me so anyhow we're trying all kinds of new stuff today we're using a new new camera setup we're using a new system for streaming stuff out uh all sorts of different what was that i just got invited to someone else's live are you going to do it? On TikTok, you, do we take but a break? I don't know how to do it. Okay. <laughs> it said accept or decline, and I, I froze. Were they going to join? Yeah. No, I think they were inviting me to join theirs. Oh, okay. Well, we're, tell them we're busy right now and go do that later on. Yeah, we're busy. Invite me later. All right. So this is Good Morning Liberty. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. When we want to is very important. So make sure you smash subscribe and follow and tell a friend, tell a family member, leave a like, a comment, a uh, whatever, a share, whatever you want to do and feed the tyrannical algorithms. Yeah. Uh, so we can get this message up towards. This is basically a show where we just make fun of people. That's pretty much what we do. Like Surrounding that's kind politics. Of our, kind of our main yeah. thing. Yeah. We like to, we like making fun of people. Do you see how the cameras switch I right saw there? That. That's you pretty crazy, right? Great graphics. That's going nuts. Huh? Yeah. yeah. I like this new system that that's we right. got set up right now. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the first thing we talked about yesterday, but I can't, Listen, I can't deal with it when people make ridiculous conspiracy theories, and this one's just going way too far. I'm hearing it on all the news stuff I listen to. You know, I uh, if I listen to Morning Wire by the Daily Wire, if I listen to if I listen to Breaking Points or Crystal and Saga, I'm hearing people talk about this conspiracy theory, and I'm just warning you, it's making people look really stupid, and there's no reason to do this. Yeah, this is the. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're a believer of this conspiracy theory. I'm saying. With all due respect, this is the dumbest mother thing I've ever heard of in my life, okay? Although I did know that they weren't going to keep Taylor Swift out of the Super Bowl. Sure. But do you know she plays the night before in Tokyo? Does she? She does. Okay, I got you. But you have to remember, her show will end like at 11 p.m. on the 10th. I'll remember that, yeah. Which is like 6 a.m. Vegas time on the 10th. So she's got some traveling to do. So by the time she flies the 17 hours or whatever it takes to get from Tokyo to Vegas, then it'll be like only 8 p.m. on the 10th still. I got you. Okay, so she's also doing some time traveling. So she'll be able to make the Super Bowl. Well, you can do that when you have money. I just want want everybody to know, she'll be able to make the Super Bowl. From the New York Post. Tay-Tay just joined on TikTok. (laughs) From the New York Post, Vivek Ramaswamy claims the Super Bowl will be rigged for the Chiefs to set the stage for Taylor Swift's Biden endorsement. I'm not saying that there's no way this the Super Bowl was rigged to get Taylor Swift in the box so they could increase their viewerships. I could get on I could talk about that conspiracy. I think day. that's sure, totally fine. Sure, they get more viewers if Taylor Swift is there. You see a clear incentive path for why the NFL would try to secretly rig all of the NFL games to work the Chiefs and into the top spot. But at least you can make an argument for it. What if all Taylor right? and Travis broke up before the Super Bowl? 
That that would be unfortunate, yeah. I guess, for them. Then, yeah. Then would people still think that there's a script? What if she still went there though to support her ex? I bet they'd be even more viewers. <laughs> If she was up there, or she rooted for the yeah. the 49ers, that'd be even better. You know, they got almost they 10 that. million more for the divisional round. Yeah. Imagine how many more viewers they're going to get for the Super Bowl. And it's all chicks. Oh, it's yeah, not like more sure. dudes are turning in to watch Taylor Swift's Taylor Swift in the box. No, they'll go look at their AI nudes that are floating oh, around God. out there. You know, they don't need to see her in the box. I saw something about that yeah, on Twitter. They want to see yeah. Swift out the box, <laughs> you know. That's what they're going for. Okay. Oh, there's some sick people out there, you know? Here's the thing with the whole rigging the Super Bowl to make sure the Chiefs are there. As, unfortunately, a Dallas Cowboys fan, as I am and as Charlie is, Mm -hmm. if they also wanted to rig a game to get as many viewers as possible, they would also try and help the Cowboys get there too. And if that's the kind of thing they're working on, because the Chiefs weren't looking all that great at the end of the season, if they work this out to make sure that they made it in there... Why would they not also do it for the Cowboys to get peak viewership? We're sitting here 30 years past the time that they were getting the, in these kind of games. And you're telling me that they can just will and they'll, oh, we need to get more viewers. So we're just going to work it to where a team gets up there. Yeah. So why haven't they done that for the Cowboys? Someone answer that for me. Because I think maybe that's where I come from on this argument that they know the Cowboys get way more viewers than all the other teams. So why wouldn't they do that? They, they haven't done it because... They're not doing it because they can't do it, okay? They're, they're just, it's not a thing that they're doing. The second really, really dumb part about this is the idea that they're rigging it not because they're going to sell way more ads or make way more money or anything, but they're doing it to somehow aid in Taylor Swift's Biden endorsement Yeah. after the Super Bowl as if Taylor Swift needs the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl for her... Idiot fans to care what her political views are. Like she, if she wanted to, she could do a live on TV performance on ABC. It's Taylor Swift era's tour live tune in at 7 PM Eastern at 7 PM central, 8 PM Eastern tune in. And we're going to do a live and it might be the most watched thing ever in history. She could literally do, to do that. She could do a rally for mm-hmm. Joe Biden. She could. At a football stadium. Right now. And it doesn't matter if the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. And everyone would show up to it. And so this idea that they're rigging a sport to get a team in there because that would somehow make Taylor Swift's endorsement mean something. Like two-time Travis Kelsey Super Bowl winner. Two-time Super Bowl winner Travis Kelsey's not enough. No. We need him to be three-time Super Bowl winning Travis Kelsey endorsing Joe Biden with receptions, his girlfriend Taylor record, Swift. Receptions record breaking yeah. holder. Then people would care about his Joe Biden. A 12 Grammy Award winning Taylor Swift is not enough, but Taylor Swift dating three time Super Bowl winning Travis Kelsey's endorsement of Joe Biden. Well, that's just what's going to swing the election. And you're going to tie up an entire sport and a conspiracy to get a team up to this game around this. I'm sorry. It makes everyone who's pushing this look like idiots. And I'm all on board with conspiracy theories, but this is dumb. But do you know why they're pushing it? Who? People like Vivek and anybody else that's pushing this type of conspiracy theory. Because people click on it. Exactly. (laughs) Because they're talking about a ton of attention for it. (laughs) I think Vivek is smart enough to know that there's probably no credence whatsoever or no credibility to this conspiracy claim. He knows that. But what he also knows is how to market, how to be talked about, how to get publicity, how to get people to retweet, 
to quote tweet, to like, mm-hmm. to get articles written about them. It's, it's, it's all a game. What bothers me as a guy who talks about politics as, is that sometimes people's quote conspiracy theories, end quote, end up being true. They end up being credible and they shouldn't even be called conspiracy theories. Sometimes just questioning the official narrative makes you a conspiracy theorist. And sometimes it's very important that people are able to go out there and give these theories or these alternative versions of events that might make more sense. And it's very important, especially when we go through stuff like COVID and all that. But then when you throw in really dumb stuff like this, that when you think about it for five minutes makes no sense whatsoever, it just kind of destroys your conspiracy making credibility (laughs) to me. Yeah. I don't know if you feel the same way, but that's just how I feel. Yeah, your conspiracy theories are a little less true now. I know. Than they otherwise would have been. Well, it's like, oh, he thought that uh, they were going to force people to get the jab and didn't care uh, what the uh, science said behind it. Well, he also thought that the NFL was fixing the games to get the Chiefs into the Super Bowl so so Taylor Swift could endorse Joe Biden during her girlfriend Super Bowl trophy acceptance speech that she gets at the Super Bowl. That's not a thing. But you know... You know you know, people saw, thought the same thing about Alex Jones and the gay frogs. Yeah, I know. That because of that, his conspiracy theories were a little less believable. And it turns out he was right. I mean, turns out the gay frog <laughs> thing, you know, might have had a little bit of credibility to it. Okay, we That's already right. talked about this to start the day yesterday. I just heard way more people continuing to talk about it yesterday. And so I forgot you were on TikTok there for a minute. Hey, what's up, people on TikTok? How's it going? Uh, so we need to move on to the next subject. And the next subject is going to be more difficult for people that are watching on a random live stream here on here on TikTok because we're going to be pointing to some news articles and charts and groups. Get the get that out. I don't want that. Turn that away. I don't want that thing. Just r- rotate that rotate that back. Rotate that back around over there. Show it to the camera actually so everyone knows what you're doing right now. Um just put it over there. Put the no, thing over there. The people want yeah, to see your face. It. Yeah, I don't want it. Show us your get face, Nate. Get it out of there. I don't want it. Okay. The next thing, Charlie, you know about inflation? No. You ever heard of her? No, I don't know what inflation <laughs> is. <laughs> well, we had It's some, just transitory, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, we had some inflation that happened That's transitory. over the last few years. Yeah. And there's been this narrative that is, of course, true. You can't question it whatsoever, that it's actually something called greedflation. That is actually driven by corporate profits. And in fact, I have a news article headline from just a few days ago here from The Guardian. And this is an important point that they make in this headline. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. The news headline is, Half of recent U.S. inflation is due to high corporate profits. Report finds. So we got this new report, and they found that half of the recent inflation is due to corporate profits. Let's see a little bit of what they're talking about. I saw this. A new report claims resounding evidence shows that high corporate profits are a main driver of ongoing inflation and companies continue to keep prices high even as their inflationary costs drop. The report compiled by the progressive groundwork collaborative think tank found no corp- found corporate profits accounted for about 53% of inflation during last year's second and third quarters. Profits drove just 11% of the price growth in the 40 years prior to the pandemic, according to the report. I would like to see what they grew in other uh, two-quarter periods of time and not a 40-year average of time. They took two yeah. very specific <laughs> quarters. Yeah. But what's funny is it's not even 53%. They're, they're not even the main driver. No. 
there, you might've heard me say that corporate profits are the main driver of ongoing inflation. But an important point is that it says corporate profits are a main driver of ongoing inflation. And what they decided to ignore what, that they don't mention in this article is that corporate profits are the number two driver of ongoing inflation. For those two quarters. For those two, yes, specific for, for those, those two quarters. very two specific quarters. Many other quarters as well also when it comes to this specific. But before we and get And not in, to mention how, how much money did companies lose in the quarters prior to that. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You and mean do, like when the, when the and, economy was shut down? Yes, and do the profits that they vastly made even make up for the losses that they had the two years prior? Someone was talking, the answer is no. Someone was talking about Albertson's profits increased by 300%. You know, look at this price gouging. Well, yeah. the, well the increase was from 0.7% profit to 2% profit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Like when you hear they increased by 300%, you're like, oh my God, they're gouging. They yeah. hardly make any money at all which is why they're trying to merge with uh, Kroger. But okay, let's get a little bit further into this. This comes from Groundwork Collaborative, which is a progressive think tank, okay? They say new research found that corporate profits drove over one-third of inflation since the pandemic. Now, they've busted it down to one-third in the actual study. The news headlines grabbed two quarters from the actual study mm -hmm. that came out. So that's another important thing to remember. Groundwork Collaborative, by the way, who they are, their analytical and strategic approach allows us to drive narrative and policy change with credibility, expertise, and impact. So they are literally trying to drive the narrative. And let me show you an example of how they're driving the narrative. If you go to their website, they give you a list of all the recent times their work has been used in the news. And so this is pretty cool. You look at this study that they're referencing right now, and look at all the article headlines from Business News. Study, 53 cents of every dollar of inflation. It's another way of saying 53%, but um, every dollar of inflation over the last six months is due to greed inflation. Now, that's not true because the study was for quarters two and three. So that's not the last six months uh, for anyone since this article came out uh, five days ago, seven days ago. Uh, let's see. Here's another one. Daily costs. Yep. All that inflation is largely corporate greed. Here's another one from Truthout. Greedflation accounts for 53 cents of every dollar of inflation in the past six months. Also, now the study said, here's some more from the Huffington Post. Report claims inflation woes driven largely by corporate greed. From Fortune. And people are only going to read these headlines. No, They're that's not going to dive into well, they, the first anything thing, else. The first thing they put is that they're trying to drive the narrative. Mm -hmm. And so this is how they drive the narrative. Here are the news article headlines that come out from their study. Fortune says greedflation caused more than half of last year's inflation surge study finds. That's not true, by the way, as corporate profits remain at all-time highs. From News Nation, corporate profits account for half of U.S. inflation. Report. Uh, we talked about The Guardian, half of recent U.S. inflation due to high corporate profits. Daily Beast says corporate greed is driving recent inflation. Report finds Common Dream says analysis shows how corporate profits drive inflation even as business costs go down. Okay. And then I want to look at the actual study for a second, if you That's don't mind. That's the thing. You have to look at the actual study. We'll look at the... Look at the numbers that all of these articles are referencing, but all of them left out something very important. Uh, so in this study, they start off by saying 
Inflation has come down significantly from its peak over the past year, yet prices remain high for American consumers. They start off by being idiots, by the way. <clears throat> there's a, there's a, uh, I, I paused this commercial earlier so I could show it to my wife, but it was an Ikea commercial. And the, in this Ikea commercial, they're saying, oh, it seems like things just don't make sense these days. Inflation's down, but prices are still high. Well, why would inflation be down and prices still be high? Because inflation is still an increase of prices. Inflation coming down doesn't mean the prices came down. It means the rate at which prices are increasing came down. But they're still increasing. So this actual Ikea commercial said, things just aren't making sense these days. Inflation is down, but prices are still high. Nope, that makes sense. That's literally the yeah. science behind it. You need that's, deflation yeah. for prices inflation to Inflation means increase, basically. Yeah. So that's, that makes sense. In this, in this study from these experts who are providing their expertise for all of us, which is what experts do, by the way, yeah. they say inflation has come down from its peak, yet prices remain high for American consumers. Yes, that's because we haven't had deflation. Deflation would bring prices down, but no. Uh, from housing and groceries to car insurance, electric bills, families are still seeing, feeling the squeeze in the wake of the pandemic. Virtually every company and every industry faced rising costs to make products. Uh, let's get on to some of the actual numbers here. <clears throat> now, here's the chart. Here's the important part. This is what all the people used to write their articles and to write their headlines saying that corporate profits drove half of US, U.S. inflation or 53 cents of every dollar. Uh, the Guardian said that it was a main driver of inflation. And in fact, it was a main driver of inflation. In this study, they look at three drivers of inflation. They look at labor. So labor costs for companies, non-labor uh, non-labor and profits. The non-labor would be things like Materials. supply expenses, material right. expenses, things like that. And then profits. And so if inflation goes up by a dollar, if there's a dollar price increase, what amount of that dollar is due to either labor cost, supplies, materials, or profits that the corporation is making? That's what this is asking. And so they, they look at this. Let's just look at that just a little bit closer right now. So what they find is that, all, is that mostly the increase has come from labor, not from profits. The actual study itself shows that the increase per dollar of inflation was mostly from labor costs, not from corporate profits. Even in the quarter that they're referencing. Yes, they're, even when they talk about those past six months where they reference quarter two and quarter three of 2023, which is not the past six months because there's a quarter four also, and we're currently in quarter one of 2024. So it's, you know, like the past year, actually only the first six months of the past year. <laughs> It doesn't make for a great headline. I get it. All right. But in that time period, this gets a little bit confusing, but it, is, it, is, it does help if you think about this as a dollar of increased costs. Okay. So where does that come from? You first have to take note that the non-labor, so the materials, was actually minus 27%. It came down during this time. And so now when we're trying to make it up to- And you to can see that- in the cost of everything, lumber, mm -hmm. gas, a bunch of things, the prices actually did come down in those specific sectors, especially when they were rampant yeah. over 2021 and 2022. Yeah. And so if you're trying to make it- Lumber was a big one. It was a real big one. Whew. Especially, well, it started with those freaking Trump tariffs. And then we got into 2020 and all that. Lumber got real bad. 
Uh, trust me, I was doing home remodeling in 2020 like a lot of people were because their wives had nothing to do except for tell their husbands what to do. <laughs> and that's made, made for a terrible world for all. I know 2020 was terrible, right, guys? <laughs> How much remodeling did you, you We did your whole, whole kitchen? kitchen and everything, yeah. Did your whole kitchen, whole mm -hmm. bathroom? Yeah, I mean, just a, little, just a little bit. Just a little bit in every room, you know. Man. Okay, so if you're trying to make it to a dollar and one of these segments is minus 27, remember, we're going to think about this as cents. So if one of these is minus 27, that means you're actually minus 27 cents and you're trying to make it up to a dollar. That's important because what they found that the profits contribution to inflation was 53%. And that's what all the news article headlines went with. But the labor contribution was 73%. And remember, non-labor was minus 27. You put all that together and you get up to your dollar. Technically, you get up to 99 cents, but that means one of them's been rounded. Uh, but that's how you get up to your dollar, starting from minus 27 with the non-labor. So this actual study that I read you nine article headlines, we're all talking about half of inflation coming from corporate profits. 53 cents of every dollar comes from corporate profits. The actual study itself, above where it says 53%, says that labor was 73%, meaning that it was more. I don't know if you, everyone caught that, but that's more. That's like 40% actual higher than what profits were. Yeah. And in fact, uh, since 2021, the profits contribution was 21%. The labor contribution was 53%. Uh, it, since 2020, that number is at 30 for profits and 45 for labor. Uh, since Wait, 2019, so you're telling me that like if we pay people more money, mm. that the price of goods is going to increase? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cost and it adds to the price of our goods. I thought yeah. people would just pay the higher prices. Well, they are paying the higher prices. I mean, price. I thought people yeah. would just, the prices would stay the same. And if you raised people up to a living wage. Yeah, they just pay people more and they wouldn't they would raise their prices. they would just be able to live. That mm. does seem like that's not at all what would happen. Yeah. No, that's, and that's not what happens, actually. Well, what this points out easily is that the value of things roughly stay the same, <laughs> right? Things that are valuable roughly hold the same value to people. The reason why things cost more is because there's more dollars in circulation. More money. Mm -hmm. So the more money that you put in the circulation, the higher, the higher priced everything gets. It's still a similar value. You could think of it as you're willing to pay a certain percentage of your money towards food. And food costs what everyone is saying they are willing to pay a certain percentage of of their money that they have. What happens, Let's make it easy and just say 10%. 10%. What happens when everyone gets way more money? Well, they're still willing to pay 10% of their money for food, but now they, everyone has way more money. And so therefore the price of food is either able to go up or it's driven to go higher uh, by all of these different factors, but that's what actually happens. The percentage that you're willing to pay is what you mean by value. Like it has the same, food has the same value to me as it did back in 2020 or as it did back in 2015. Like I need it to live, you know, that's important. But the amount that I'm paying for it is going up. It's just a high, it's just a, just a higher dollar amount, but maybe the same percentage of my money I'm willing to pay for it. Uh, so anyhow, what you found from all of this is that all of those headlines 
and I didn't read every article, but I did read the Guardian article. All of those headlines picked one of the things to go after because this one think tank, this progressive think tank who specifically says at the top of their page that they're trying to drive narrative and policy change, decided to highlight the corporate profits contribution and ignore the labor contribution. And the labor contribution, the labor increase was actually higher than the profits that people were making off of each dollar of increase that we all saw. So if you're looking at, well, this went up this much, and you're thinking about who you're going to be mad at, if you're deciding, I'm going to be mad at someone, and you're saying, I'm either going to be mad at corporations for price gouging me, or I'm going to get mad at the workers for price gouging the corporation. (laughs) It's It's a corporation. You pick the corporation. A lot of of people pick it. But what we've seen is statistically, it's been the workers that have added to the increase in the price of your goods. Well, okay. but even that is just a symptom of the actual oh, problem. Of more money being in circulation. Yes. yes. Yeah. Of Regardless course, of, course, of what course. modern monetary <clears throat> theorists will tell you, the fact that when, when the government prints money, it leads to inflation. We've talked about this, and I, we even said on the show, go back and listen in 2020 when we said, enjoy your stimmy checks. <laughs> enjoy it now, because it's all, you're going to pay for it. Spend them all you can. You're going to pay for it. And you're paying for it right now. You paid for it last year and you paid for it the year before and you're going to continue to pay for it. You know, only- it's going to cost you way more than the, how much did you guys receive? I didn't get any. 2,500 total? Um, maybe, I don't, I don't remember. Something like that. the first that. check was like 1,200 or 1,500. So I don't, whatever. I don't remember. Let's say it was $2,000 total. Like, <laughs> it's going to cost you way more than $2,000. And it is because it's, on average, families are spending $700 to $1,000 more a month. Mm-hmm. A month. So literally, you lost all of that money within two months. Or you have more money. See, what happened in my family was we didn't need the money that came in from the government. And we were doing, we were doing just fine. Did you, turn it, did you return it? Didn't return it. Oh, okay. no, because I didn't want to help them kill brown people in the Middle East or anything like that. That's you know, right. so yeah. we kept the money. That's the way I justify it in uh-huh. my mind. Um, no, so we kept the money, but we didn't need it. And I also got a PPP loan that I didn't need at all because I probably uh, had logged on to Uber at one point in time. And so I said that I didn't drive for Uber because of the pandemic that year. Because yeah. I totally would have. I'm telling you, government, I would have, but I didn't because I was afraid of COVID. Yeah. Okay. And you didn't have the right masks and stuff. Yeah, I didn't have yeah. the, I didn't know about you know, N95. I couldn't afford the N95, so I didn't have the money, you know? The shot wasn't <clears> out yet. So, you know, and you weren't going to drive people around without a shot. But what happened was, I, we didn't spend any of the money that came in from the government in 2020 and 2021. Still have it right now. Uh, but what happened was I have a bigger cushion for things, and I've been more willing to pay more money for things since then because I've got a bigger cushion in my bank account, which made everything easier to, for them to increase it in price. How big is that cushion? It's fine. It's a fine cushion. It's just fine. Yeah. You want some of it? Is it under your couch or something? <laughs> oh, I sleep on it. That's what I mean by cushion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a mattress. Yeah. I made so a whole soft. mattress out of that stuff. Yeah, exactly. It was necessary though. <laughs> For sure. Let's move on to another way the government helps people, Charlie. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Well, it's January, so everyone's thinking new year, new me, right? But what if there are some things that you're already doing right and could just be expanded on? I started keeping a calendar at the end of last year, trying to get better organized with my crazy life schedule. Maybe you're like Charlie and you've already shed 80 pounds of extra weight and 
You just have a little further to go. Well, therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. As you know, I've done therapy in the past and found it to be extremely helpful. It's not just for those that have major trauma, although it's perfect for that too. But it's also for people that want to learn positive coping skills and how to set healthy boundaries and how to be the best, the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress that you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash GML. Yeah, Are that's my favorite thing to talk about. You go ahead. All right. Um, iRobot, those folks that make like those little vacuums and mm. other stuff, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they're going to lay off 350 employees as Amazon kills merger, Elizabeth Warren opposed. Hmm. Huh. Today, Amazon terminated its planned acquisition of iRobot, manufacturer of Roomba robot vacuums, as the company saw no path to regulatory approval iRobot then announced that it would be cutting nearly one-third of its workforce. (laughs) I just love how we're helping people, you know? Don't you feel better, though? Because now you're not going to be forced to buy an iRobot vacuum, you know? I mean, you got that iRobot downstairs that you were forced to buy because the company's so big. Well, it's not an iRobot, though. Uh, What do you mean? There's other companies? Yeah. You're trying to tell me that there's other companies other than iRobot. Yeah, I don't have an iRobot. Well, at my home, I've got a... Shark. Actually, I don't have an iRobot mm. either. I don't, I don't, I honestly, now that I'm on the spot, I can't think of which one I have. <laughs> it's not an iRobot though. No, definitely okay. not. It's not a Roomba. It's not an iRobot. So you're telling me that there's other companies that compete See, with I'm them. See, I'm poor, so I had to buy, you. what did you get? A Shark? Yeah. Wow. Basically a Dyson. <laughs> yours was more expensive no, it than wasn't. mine. Yes, it was. I had to get the cheap knockoff one they make yours. for trailers. I didn't get <laughs> It's got half the battery power. Yeah. In fact, it has. It, you have to plug it in. <laughs> it doesn't even need a mat. It, has it just goes up and down. Work around the cord, you know? <laughs> and half the time All it right. dies, you know? I have to rework it, rewire it. It, leaves, right. it leaves cookie crumbs on the linoleum. In fact, if it doesn't like something that sucks in, it spits it out. <laughs> While the companies blamed regulators in the European Union for the termination, meddlesome U.S. lawmakers played their own part in souring the deal. In August of 22, August of 22 Amazon announced its intent to buy iRobot for $1.7 billion. The acquisition would complement Amazon's growing stable of smart home products like Echo Hub control panels and Ring video doorbells. The following month, the FTC began an investigation mm-hmm. of the merger. And lawmakers weighed in soon after. In a letter to FTC Chair Lena Kahn, Senator Elizabeth Warren, Chief Warren, and five Democratic representatives recommended that the FTC should use its authority to oppose the Amazon iRobot transaction. What a free market. It's a very free, It's the free market. It's the unfettered capitalism that exactly. we have right now that's mm. killing us. That's it. Mm-hmm. Use the authority to oppose private companies trying to do private things. Yeah, it's free markets. Uh, The acquisition could harm consumers and reduce competition and innovation in the home robotics market. How? I want to know how. Someone tell me how. Because Jeff Bezos, 
mm-hmm. is running around with a gun yeah. to all these other companies and saying, if you develop a robot that will compete with ours, I will be forced to end it all. That's what you see on Amazon. They just hardly offer any products that aren't owned by Amazon these <laughs> days. There's just no way you can go on there and buy something that, that they don't make. I know. It's hardly anything on there, <laughs> you know? Website that's drives that's a bone. Crazy. Amazon has their own products, but they sell everyone else's too. Mm-hmm. They literally sell like their going, competitors' products. It's like going products. into Walmart and saying you ought to be forced to be able to buy stuff from Target while you're at Walmart. No one does that. You don't buy Target products while you're at Walmart. Yeah. Should Target have its section inside Walmart because of competition? Yeah. No. That's ridiculous. Everyone knows it's ridiculous. You order a Whopper from McDonald's? Hmm. Everybody yeah, knows you time. can't have it your way at McDonald's. <laughs> All right. Um, next, next thing here. But the complaints from the EU and lawmakers like Chief Warren are overblown. Acquiring iRobot would not have denied consumers the ability to purchase robot vacuums. While Roomba may be the best-selling, companies like Shark and Ufi make their own competitive versions, including at lower prices than a Roomba. Mm. In its list of the best robot vacuums, Wirecutter recommended no iRobot products, citing poor performance when compared to competitors. That's why we didn't get one. All the reviews were terrible. And they're more expensive. Yeah. Meanwhile, as companies uh, waited on regulators, iRobot was losing money. The company took out a $200 million bridge loan in July of 23 to tie it over until the deal closed, at which point Amazon lowered its offer to account for the new debt. With the deal scuttled, Amazon will now pay a $94 million termination fee, but iRobot expects to report an operating loss of, of, of as much as $285 million for 2023. <clears throat> This is another instance. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if iRobot goes bankrupt in the near future, not saying it's going to happen. They could get another buyout from another company that's not Amazon. One of their issues would be that Amazon would be selling an Amazon-owned product on Amazon. Oh, the humanity. That would just be so terrible, I know. Uh, So they could still get a buyout from someone else. Might be less because it's not coming from Amazon, who sees really good value in that deal, given that they own the biggest store in the world. Um, so, <clears throat> Well, given they have a monopoly. Yeah, they have a monopoly, of course. <laughs> yeah. uh, they, uh, if they go out of business, you're talking everyone losing their jobs, the company going under, all the help consumers. And then guess what? You're left with only the other companies. Then you don't have this competition. And these people don't have their jobs. This is... That Amazon would have acquired, by the way. It's actually how the government trying to block the free market from operating continues to whittle down competition and create bigger and bigger corporations and actual monopolies that could exist because they block other competition or they send people into bankruptcy by not allowing them to be bought out by another company. And here are 30% of the workforce at iro is the company called iRobot? I can't remember. Uh, whatever the company is, I guess it's iRobot. Um, 30% of the workforce gets fired because of this deal termination. And so it's 350 people. It's not a, not a ton of people, but those are people that had jobs and thanks to the government deciding that they don't want this to be owned by Amazon. Now these people don't have jobs. And maybe iRobot's going to end up going bankrupt. Or maybe they're going to get bought out by way less money because they're not going to be taking a deal from from Amazon. Who knows? All to help you, all to help the consumer. And the problem is, people like Elizabeth Warren will actually come out there and they will say, 
we are doing this to help the consumer. Yeah, exactly. This is going to help people. Why do you like these giant monopolies? And it does nothing of the sort. And the bigger problem is that people will listen to that and they won't think about it and they won't look at the actual outcomes of these things. And they won't talk to the people that just lost their jobs, but they'll actually think that what she says she wants to do is the way that you help people. Because I don't know, they hate, they hate capitalism. They hate corporations. They hate Jeff Bezos, yeah. whatever it is. And people suffer because of it. Mm-hmm. How about that? It's a direct result. It's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. All right, I'm ending the TikTok live because that's all they get. <clears throat> Done. You just get a preview. If you, you want the-, the rest of the show, go check out the link in the comments. Love you. Bye. Let's talk about another. Um, let's talk about a local state law, something over in Arizona, something that's uh, that's pretty dumb. By the way, we forgot to do the Liberty at Night intro today. I forgot to do that. You today. did because so, I held yeah, my you tongue. You don't do that. Yeah. And I held my tongue because I mm-hmm. knew you were going to do it. And you waited you for me to do it. Mm-hmm. I, so just, you, I just realized that. Now you're scrolling TikTok. Oh, I didn't mean to. <laughs> okay, the next thing. With the government helping people. This is from Reason. Great question. This is one of the bigger, bigger questions that we have to ask as a, as a nation. Will Arizona legalize its tamale black market this year? <laughs> and I know what you're thinking. Why the F word? Is there a black market for tamales in Arizona? Because they're that good. Because that's how good they are. And that's what people have decided they wanted. So last year, Arizona nearly, nearly legalized one of its most beloved illicit markets. Others, including... Uh, child trafficking and uh, fentanyl carrier services. Cocaine, You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, the sale of homemade tamales. House Bill 2509, which would have legalized the sale of potentially hazardous homemade yep. goods. I think they're just talking about in the bathroom. <laughs> homemade goods containing perishable ingredients passed both chambers of the Arizona legislature with overwhelming bipartisan support. But in the controversial move... Democratic Governor Katie Hobbs vetoed the bill. She's can't protecting people. Hot tamales, man. You can't sell them. These dang representatives of the people in the state, they just don't know what the people want. This year, lawmakers are launching another legalization effort. Members of the House Regulatory Affairs Committee, which should definitely be spending its time deciding whether or not people can buy tamales. From other people. From other people who are making them and they want them. And so they're <laughs> buying them. And this is what we're spending our time on. God, you know the world's not that bad when this is what this, this is what government's arguing over. They voted six to nothing. I told you, Kathy tried to sell me them tamales, and uh, they were too hot now. Just imagine them watching that show Body Cam, or let's just take it back to cops or something. And they're, <laughs> normally, they're watching backdoor deals for like maybe a, a, mur- like a murder for hire, or maybe they're doing a drug bust or something, but no, this is like... <laughs> This is a t- yeah. I take. Yeah. <laughs> like just you, you pull someone tamales. over. You pull someone over, and you're like, "You got tamales in there? Let's smell it. Smell. Get the dog. What's that smell? Get the canine. We want the tamale sniffing dog out here right now. <laughs> yeah, the uh, dog is salivating right now. We're pretty sure that we've got some hot tamales yeah. in the trunk. <laughs> yeah. Good God. They voted six to nothing on Wednesday to move the amended bill onto the full House of Representatives. Uh, House Bill 2042, introduced by this guy, contains training and licensing requirements. 
to address Hobbs' concerns that the previous... You know what that lady selling tamales needed? Caroline? Yeah. Yeah. She, Carol, Carolina. Oh. Uh, what she needed yeah. was the state government of Arizona to create training and licensing requirements on how to prepare this food. How to wrap your tamale That way properly. people would be safe. Yeah. You know, well, that in that way, people like Caroline <clears throat> don't become the the recipe stealing bitch. Oh yeah. That they are. Now we got to look for that. Great. <laughs> Great. Care, you got to be careful who your friends are though. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, the, uh, even though she's a Christian lady, you know, <laughs> contains training and licensing requirements recipes. to address. Who Hobbes steals tamale recipes? The government, I guess. Caroline. You got to get them down and write him, vote on them to address Hobbs concerns that the previous bill would significantly increase the risk of foodborne illness. Producers would have to complete food handler training and register with the Arizona Department of Health Services. You guys ever worked in a restaurant before? Yeah. You know I that have. sign that says you got to wash your hands after you use the bathroom? Yeah. I looked at it a bunch of times. <laughs> I promise you I read it. Okay. But th what they want is that sign to put up in the lady's <laughs> house. We got to make sure she has the sign. <laughs> and then... Everyone will be safe yeah. once you have the sign. Mm -hmm. Going back to work without washing your hands is prohibited with an X through it. And then everyone feels or safe afterwards. Or employees must wash their hands before returning to work. Exactly. Yeah. That one right there. If HB 2042 passes, these requirements would still pose barriers to licensure. But the bill would also ensure that Arizona's home chefs, many of whom are women and immigrants, would no longer have to work in the shadows, risking a $500 fine and up to six months in jail. Six months in jail. Yeah, what are you in for? <laughs> well, you know, I was slinging tamales, and they caught me. They, oh, is that on the corner? They caught me. <laughs> <laughs> caught the tamale maker. Oh, man. Hobbs cited health concerns when she elected to keep tamale sales illegal, but 2023 research from the Institute for Justice, who needed to spend their time on illicit tamale sales activities in Arizona, a libertarian public interest law firm that supports deregulation in the cottage food industry cast doubt on the argument drawing on data from the seven states with the broadest homemade food laws. IJ found that not a single state has found a foodborne illness to be caused by food sold under their homemade food law. Uh, last year's legalization bill would have generated $55 million in new annual food sales, according to a Common Sense Institute estimate, but Arizona isn't just leaving revenue on the table by keeping potentially hazardous homemade food sales illegal. It's keeping a harmless market criminalized and keeping hardworking entrepreneurs from reaching their full potential. Also, Great job over there. It's reason. in the tamale maker's best interest not to get people sick. It is. Because mm -hmm. if you get your customers sick, they probably won't come back and they're going to tell a bunch of people yeah. they got sick from eating Caroline's tamales, probably because mm -hmm. she stole the recipe and karma came back Yeah, and, and bitter. So you think people aren't going to talk? Like if someone gets sick from this, that they're not going to talk? She has. In fact, what the FDA and all these licensing things do, they protect people <laughs> who actually do get people sick. <laughs> actually give people like immunity from making people sick. Yes. <laughs> as it long makes as you it put worse. The, as long as you put the sign up in the bathroom, now, you've got like immunity. <laughs> I have been to some houses and I've seen some people cook where I'm like, I don't know if I really want to eat the food because mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like they got it up to snuff, you yeah. know, seems like if I were to eat their food, I might get sick. And so I'm going to kind of lay off a bit. Did you decide, decide to offer to pay that person money for food every week? No. Did they force you to pay them money for nope. food every week? Nope. Huh. 
But what happened was the government came to you and told you that it might be unsafe if you ate food from that house. No. No? No. Huh. But well, if, well, then why, did, why didn't you do it then? But if, you know, Metasol is in Arizona cooking up tamales <laughs> and everyone says they're the best tamales ever and they want to get some for themselves and their family and so they go offer to buy some from her and they know that she's got a clean kitchen and she cooks it properly and no one, you've been eating them for years and no one's ever gotten sick from them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why does she need anything else? Like, why do we need the government to get involved in that? We, well, the answer, Charlie, is for national security reasons. That's, that's, that's right. That's one of the main reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, that's for people to justify their existence, these do-gooders out there. I wanted to bring something up to you before we get out of here today. There's been a recent hubbub in the libertarian movement about this idea that uh, that RFK could be coming back to try and get the libertarian nomination. Oh, Have no. Have you seen this? Okay. I just wanted to say something to people who... Uh, want this to happen. I get it. Totally get it. Do you get it? I, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, maybe, maybe get, you get I, more votes potentially and you get better ballot access later on. Yeah. He's he, just hard to understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason. <laughs> you know, his policy proposals are difficult to understand yeah. is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so I get why people in the, in the LP are confused. So I want to, cause like when he's terrible on economics, it's, it's hard to hear him say that. And so I get it. Um, I wanted to bring up what Brett Weinstein said about this. Uh, he was responding to Marta Bueno. Uh, she says if RFK is the LP nominee, worst case scenario, uh, he doesn't win, but he makes the LP a major political party that can actually compete with the R's and D's in 2028. Uh, Spike Cohen had also sounded off and said if he got the nomination, or if he decided to try and get the nomination, he'd do everything in his power to stop that from happening. Uh, Spike? Spike said that, yeah. Uh, Brett Weinstein said, partnering, partnering with RFK Jr. is the move that wins the game for the Libertarian Party, but it will be hard for many Libertarians to accept it, having grown accustomed to the freedom that comes with powerlessness. With Kennedy, they could displace the Democratic Party and hashtag save the West. Mm. This is what the left-leaning libertarians yeah. were wanting. I see both sides of this argument, and I will... Arthur Bueno is... Uh, she's part of the Ladies of Liberty, I think. Um, yeah, we met her a few times. She's yeah. at the uh, Students for Liberty things, uh, yeah. which uh, Students for Liberty is coming up this weekend. Just a little shout-out for them in Washington, D.C. Yes. We're not going to be there, uh, but they're still having it. We'll regardless. be there in spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our spirit will be there. From, the, from Nashville. From here. We'll yeah. be there. But not really. We won't be there. But our, our feelings spirits. will be there. Yeah. Okay, I understand both sides of this. I do want to say something about RFK and people are going to disagree, even people in the chat. Um, I get, I think he's better on a lot of things than a lot of other people that are out there running. I'm not someone that says that he's good on things though because he's good on things for the wrong reasons. Like he might say... Well, okay, out of the candidates that would be, let's say he gets the LP nomination. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. If you were forced to vote between him, Trump, and Biden, is like his RFK, we know he's better than Biden. Is he better than Trump? Would he be a better candidate than Trump? I actually don't know. I'll have to think about it. I can't give you a quick answer right now. Um, I would say economically, no. And if yeah, economics are the yeah. most important thing, but my, then the answer is no. My initial answer would be 
economically, no. And that's what I care about. You see, he's got things on economic, even with the FBI. Let's say he goes out there talking about the corrupt FBI and how people hear that and they think, oh, RFK Jr. wants to get rid of the FBI. That's kind of like Vivek Ramaswamy, you know? Because they killed his uncle. Like, no, he wants to <laughs> he wants to reform them. His answer to all of these problems, and I, I mean this seriously. It's for him to be in he, power. He pinpoints problems in the way that Bernie Sanders pinpoints problems. And he says things that we agree with, but his solution to the problems is that the wrong people are in charge and that they don't have the right motivations. That just the person running the DOJ or the FBI had better motivations yeah. and incentives than, than they would do a better job and they wouldn't be so corrupt. And his, so his if little only, idea is that is he, if he's the guy that can appoint the people that are running it, he'll appoint the right people and then they won't be bad. And yeah. that's his solution to a lot of the problems. He's got terrible economic solutions. Like he seriously wants to do this 3% housing, housing uh, mortgage rate. You think inflation's bad <laughs> like, now? We don't like that. It should be whatever the market rate is. Um, he, he scares me on guns and the environment and all kinds of stuff. And he talks about how he likes the free market. We saw him speak when we were at Freedom Fest. He came to Freedom Fest to try and shore up a little bit of a libertarian base while he was there, you know. And he said a lot of things that sounded really good. But when he got to his actual solutions for them, they were all about how when the right people in charge were in charge, you'd be able to have better systems in place, have, have better government. sob story about basically environmental protection mm -hmm. at Freedom Fest mm -hmm. and said like the reason he basically gave a, a compelling, convincing speech on why we need the EPA and we need the right people making the right a, regulations. And why we need a carbon tax and why we need... Yes. And why we need to be able to better go after companies that are polluting. He says that polluting is... Uh, they they do it because they get away with it and they're, they're uh, basically offloading some of their costs, which would be proper disposal onto the environment and the rest. Of he made a compelling argument. You're right. But his policy prescriptions for all of these things are that we just need the right people in charge of the government. And so is he a libertarian? No. Is he the worst? Would I take him over Joe Biden? Yes. In a, in a heartbeat, I would. But let's give some credence to what Martha... Although he scares me more. Let me finish. He scares me more because Joe Biden is obviously bad. And RFK says the right things. As difficult as well, it is Well, let's say that him. he is but good that, on, on COVID and some things. Like, he is good on some things. I mean, mm -hmm. he's good on war. He's good on COVID. He's good on... He's good on some of those things. Let me ask you this. He's been very hard on Israel's D with this whole thing since, uh, since October. Yeah, He's lost a lot, of, a lot of his support from that. Let me ask you this, though. If we're looking at this long term, can someone, even if he is bad, and even if he runs, if he runs as the LP, he's still not going to win. So does it make sense? If we're looking at this as a long-term game, is there some credibility to what Martha's saying here that it will make the LP a national party, get a lot more people interested in a third party saying, okay, maybe we have a third way. Everyone's sick of R&Ds. And then in 2028, we might actually be able to, for the first time in history, compete. Mm. And is it worth playing the long game? Now, I understand you have to, now for me, I would say no, because you have to compromise your principles. Yeah. And when you have to compromise your principles, it's never worth it. It doesn't matter if the ends justify the means. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think I, it, I can't steal Nate's money and give it to a homeless person, even though the outcome would be better because he has all that cushion. 
and be like, Nate, you deserve none of that cushion because people are out there on the street that are, have food insecurity. You are so food secure that I could take some of that security from you and pass it along to someone else. I think, and then everyone is better off, but the ends don't justify the means. It would be against principle to steal from you to give to another. I think the argument for putting RFK on the ballot as a libertarian is the same argument for putting Bill Weld and Gary Johnson yes. on the ballot. Like Amen. that's when people defend that, when people in the libertarian party defend that, they say, well, we needed people that were going to be able to bring in some money draw on some support and make sure we got ballot access, make sure we remain a national party with the, you know, 50 state ballot access and all that. And that's it. And you know, sometimes we've talked on this show about playing the game, mm -hmm. but we never talk about playing the game by compromising principles. You can play the game as a Liberty person or a libertarian person running in the Republican party, because you're more likely to get elected as a Republican than you are a libertarian. And that, but that's not compromising the principles. You're still the same person. You still have the same beliefs. You're still going to advocate for the same things. You're playing like Ron Paul played the game in the Republican Party. Dude was a libertarian through and through. There's one thing I remember. Hang on, real quick. Yeah. Costco just said, I agree with Chuck here. Well, I I don't think we have to do anything else. Show's over. No, I will say this. (laughs) Let me say the other side of the argument, though, one more time Um, to try and steal man or to try and devil's advocate this. When you think about the Republican Party, you could have people from Rand Paul and Thomas Massey and Ron Paul all the way up to Trump and Mitt Romney and, you know, Dick Cheney and all these people. Lindsey Graham. Because, because Republican is not really like a political ideology or philosophy. We know Republican to be a political party that pushes candidates on ballots and tries to get votes for their candidates. But the ideologies skew all the way from libertarian, small government conservative, all the way up to war hawks and, I don't know, fascists, (laughs) you know, whatever. Mm. Like the ideologies of Republicans skew that far and wide. So what I wonder is, as I'm devil's advocating here, is the Libertarian Party hampered by the fact that when we say Libertarian Party, we think that that also means that whoever runs has to be a 100% philosophical libertarian because Republicans don't say that. They just say, well, you need to be a member of the Republican party. Democrats don't say that either. You could be Ron Paul or you could be Dick Cheney, whichever one. Yeah. You just use the vehicle. The Republican is not an ideology. It's a political vehicle. And so the other argument here would be is libertarian, the libertarian party, just a political vehicle that people can use. Now it's not like, it's not like Joe Biden's going to switch over and be a Republican and run like, sure, there's boundaries to how far outside the box you can go probably. And so what I wonder is, should the libertarian, should the libertarian party also be open to this wide array or does there have to be that baseline principle of self-ownership that everyone must adhere to or get out the party? It's a compelling argument. You know what I mean? Because I didn't vote for Gary Johnson because he said he had to bake the cake. Now I think people should bake the cake. I don't care about people being gay whatsoever. What Gary Johnson said was, I don't think people own themselves. I think the state can compel them to do things, even if they don't want to do them. That's what Gary Johnson said. Remove the cake argument. At that point, what I heard was Gary Johnson saying, I'm not a libertarian. And so therefore, why would I vote for him? I'm, I'm not going to. 
I think a lot of libertarians are going to be like that. And even more so probably with RFK with a lot of his stuff. But I do wonder if our mix matching of political vehicle delivering this one very specific ideology, the libertarians can't even agree on. If that's what's going to always hamper the libertarian party, because almost no one passes the purity test at all. Yeah. I just wonder if there has to be a boundary that we accept. Gary Johnson passed that boundary to me. He didn't pass it to me. He crossed the boundary, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's why the Mises caucus came in and took over. One of the reasons, after a couple, you know, election seasons of not being real happy with the way the party was going. But is there, I mean, can the Libertarian Party be a home to the largest political group out there, which are independents? Yeah, I just... Could the independents find... Because when you talk to when you talk to most people, most people are in the middle. You know, they go along with the fringes because they think that the other fringe is more bad. Mm-hmm. You know, but most people, when you talk to them, they just like they. Most people just want to be left alone. They want their kids to have good schools. They want to be left alone. They want to keep more of their money. I think most people want to be left alone, but they don't want to leave other people alone. Just talk to any HOA. I agree with you halfway on that. (laughs) I do agree that everyone thinks that they are good enough to govern themselves, but that guy's not. Yeah, and that guy and that guy thinks the exact same thing. Kathy definitely isn't. We gotta (laughs) we gotta rein her in. Anyhow, we gotta go. We gotta do this radio show. This sparked a good debate, by the way, in the live group. Good. So if you want to join that, go to joingml.com, godhatesfeds.com, bernielies.com, goodmorningliberty.us. Because this is America. Because this is America. The show in Nashville, Tennessee is born in America. Ain't no dot commie. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. The rest of those dot commies you can go to, but goodmorningliberty.us, you can get everything you need there. Share the show with a friend or don't. I don't care either way. And uh, do those things. Leave us a rating and review. Subscribe or not. Until then, I hope you have a good day and a good morning liberty when we come back. Liberty. Liberty. Liberty.